With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at luckylandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, welcome to Out of the Blue from Mason Brew on the SB Nation Podcast Network, the only podcast that is completely and entirely devoted to the clear cut new leader of the free world, Zach Charbonnet. I am Jared Stormer. With me, as always, Andy Bailey, both of us of mazeandbrew.com. Andy, you sculpted centaur caught meandering near a brook somewhere. How the hell are you, my friend? I'm doing very well, sir. Football is back in our lives, and I couldn't feel better about it. Man, I mean, we often say that we're doing well, but now football is actually back. And, uh, yeah, there's been a smile on my face since uh, about Saturday morning at 9 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. It is good to be back actually talking football, though, uh, after a, a pretty dominant victory on Saturday for our boys. Uh, let's kind of talk a little bit here. You know, We want to look ahead. Um, you've heard all the other great content this week from Maze and Brew breaking down what we saw on sat- last Saturday, uh, but we want to add our two cents to that. So uh, let's do some quick hits on the game. Uh, Andy, what do you want to start here? All right, sir. What was your favorite play on offense this past week? Uh, it's got to be the touchdown to Tariq Black. I'm a sentimental bastard. So uh, seeing Tariq Black get back out there, and uh, I'm pretty sure he's matched his touchdown total up until this point in his career. Uh, yes, just he has. That one. yes, he has. So uh, very happy for him. Uh, Tariq Black, he's going to be a big part of this offense. So I'll go with the touchdown to him, even though it was a bit underthrown. It just felt so good to see because last year when he returned from injury, they really wanted to get him the ball, get him back, acclimated the offense, get him on the board. It just never happened for him. It's never in the card. So, yeah, he matched his career total of touchdowns with another one this week, and it was great to see. 
My choice, my favorite play, though, is probably the best ball Shea threw all day, and that was the touchdown pass to Sean McEwen. And then Sean went and broke a tackle and went right in the end zone. Um, I feel like last year Sean McEwen would have just fallen over on contact. Yes, probably so. Was that an RPO on that one, too? It may have been. It was really pretty. <laughs> yeah, it was really pretty. Uh, yeah, there was some great RPOs in there. I know that's the buzzword everyone looks for, but uh, some of those slants to Tariq Black. Got a little bit of a glimpse of the speed and space. I love that throw to McEwen. The one to Nico was great. Uh, and then Zach, all damn day, Charbonnet breaking free for 41 on that one run towards the end of the game. Uh, yeah, that, that gave me goosebumps a little bit. Just a, a great head of hair on Charbonnet, too. Let's just point that out. Name and hair. I mean, this is going to be our favorite player by the end of this sentence. Just remember, Jared, he won't be leaving us till the end of 2021. God, life is good, man. All right, what about on defense? Favorite play of the day? On defense, this feels pretty easy. I narrowed it down to maybe two or three, but it's it's Ambry Thomas's pick. I mean, ba- the battle with colitis during the spring, the uncertainty of whether his status for the game, if he's going to play or not. And then to see him get an interception on a great read, just how quickly he diagnosed the play, it has to be that. Yeah, that's mine as well, but I'll give a different answer. Um, I'm a huge Tariq Black and Ambry Thomas fan, two of my favorite players on the team. So to see both of them have great games, um, kind of bounce back games, that was awesome. Uh, but I am officially a Vincent Grace stan. Uh, so the play, I think it was, they were uh, – Uh, Middle Tennessee was down at the goal line, and Vincent Gray just absolutely comes out of the end zone to stick his man. Um, I didn't really know much about Vincent Gray. I mean, we'd heard some talk out of camp, but we'd heard that about St. Rastill and Bell, too. Uh, But Vincent Gray showed up in a big way, and me being a fan of the secondary, physical tackling corner that looks bigger than he he actually is, plays bigger, I am all aboard the Vincent Gray hype train. What a great Jared game this was. Tariq Black, good secondary, Ambry Thomas. I mean, this is fantastic for you. It really was. Yeah, a couple nicknames and maybe some hair flowing in the wind. But Jordan Glasgow, two sacks. So, I mean, we get the hair, too. It was great. Jordan Glasgow. What a, what a guy. What a man. The Glasgow <laughs> clan, man. May there oh, which, always be a Glasgow at Michigan. Yeah, there always will be. I'm sure there's another one on their way somewhere that's, you know, seven or eight right now. Just getting ready for greatness in Ann Arbor. Yeah, he's going to play linebacker, defensive tackle, something like that, and just be stellar. Well, to continue the Vincent Gray, kind of even the Glasgow conversation a little bit, who was the most impressive freshman slash newcomer to you? Uh, The guys we've talked about, I'm going to go Zach Charbonnet. This is about to become a Zach Charbonnet podcast here, and uh, I'm all for it. That dude gives us a higher ceiling running back than we have had in a very, very long time. I mean, he's got a burst faster than Karan. Um, you know, he's tough like Mike Hart. Uh, his pass protection already, Jim Harbaugh was raving about it today. He's so far advanced in that category, so you can keep him on the field. He can catch. I mean, they were designing screens to this kid. I mean, this is this is what we've been looking for. This is the answer at running back. Zach, all damn day Charbonnet. I am here for it. And his dad approves of our nickname, too. So, Yeah, you, you tweeted that and he favored it. I mean, that's all the validity we need. That's it. I didn't even need that, but now that I have it. <laughs> I'm running with it. Yeah, we're not going to say no. Uh, I can't fight you on that choice. Obviously, Charbonnet was one of the biggest storylines coming out of the game. Got the start, which was very surprising. But for me, I'll give you one offense, one defense. Defense, Vincent Gray. Just incredible debut. Offense, I'm going with Ryan Hayes. Unexpectedly getting the start at left tackle because John Runyon's working through some injury issues right now. He played exceptionally well outplayed Jalen Mayfield, in my opinion, and now we have another right tackle controversy on our hands. 
seems that way. Harbaugh said he's open to uh, to opening up that competition again at right tackle. And after how Hayes played, I mean, especially getting thrown in when you don't expect. I mean, the way this the season looked at the beginning, you've got Runyon, you've got uh, Stuber, and then Mayfield all in front of you. So you don't think you're going to play at all. And then you're playing game one and acquitted himself well. Played a very good game, and I mean, now all of a sudden, we're kind of loaded at the tackle position, which is a, a position of weakness from a couple years ago. So I love that pick. That's great. Um, I'll go Mike Dana as my newcomer on defense after Charbonnet. Um, didn't really pop statistically, but was all over the field. Looks to be our best pure pass rusher. He needs to play a lot this season, and uh, very impressed with him. Very physical, pretty quick dude. I think he's going to be a player for us. I think he outplayed Quiddy Pay, to be honest. Yeah, he did. I, I agree. Maybe not Hutchinson. Hutchinson looked good too. Hutchinson looked like the Colossus of Rhodes that he is. But I wish Mike Dana got to finish the sack in the end zone when they were pinned deep. But they completed a deep pass when he was closing in on O'Hara. I mean, just one second longer. And that was going to be just a <laughs> almost like a seminal moment in Michigan history, how hard he was going to hit that quarterback. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, it was going to cause a lot of people's teeth to rattle at home. Yeah, I know the play you're talking about. Hudson had one where he almost got one, too. So, yeah, there was uh, there was a couple there where they almost rattled that kid. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm excited for Dana, though. More impressive in your, in your eyes now, having seen just one small game, offensive line or defensive line? Uh, it's offensive line. Uh, the ability to replace Runyon and Stuber like that. And now they didn't play a perfect game, and Shea got – hit a little bit more than I'd like. I mean, he was a little tender in the ribs, and I think that's part of why we saw McCaffrey for two series. Uh, but the depth on the offensive line is better than we anticipated, and especially since I would say it's the opposite for the defensive line. Uh, we didn't see Chris Hinton or Mozzie Smith. Uh, no Donovan Jeter, though he should be back. Dwumfors playing in a cast and should have had a sack early on but didn't wrap up, likely because of the cast or the, the cast impacted that. So uh, I don't think we're, we're nearly 10 deep on the D-line like we thought. I think it's closer to, to eight. And uh, on the offensive line, we're looking really, really strong and really deep. So, yeah, that's my long answer to a simple question. What do you think? <laughs> I think it has to be offensive line as well. It showed a lot of confidence that they didn't normally bring in a lot of extra protection. Maybe they bring in a, um, a tight end offset. Maybe they'd bring in Charbonnet or something like that to help assist in the run blocking. But it was a lot of just – these are our five guys blocking six to seven every time. It showed a lot of confidence. It kind of came back to bite him a little bit, maybe a little too much hubris. But this offensive line, I can't believe how well they played with the replacements. The chemistry is the biggest issue when replacing a lineman because you don't know the strength and weaknesses as well as your starting mate next to you as you normally would. So for Ryan Hayes to come in there and perform like he did, Jalen Mayfield as well, but he had a little more experience with the uh, first-teamers. That was just really impressive to see. In 2016, when Grant Newsom went out, that was almost a death nail. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And we just bemoaned the lack of depth of tackles on that team, that there was nobody that they could plug in there. And now you're on your third-string tackle, and you're plugging in Ryan Hayes, a converted tight end, and he's going in and looking really solid, like you'd feel okay if he had to play the whole season, uh, especially since you can you expect some improvement. I mean, and under the tutelage of Ed Werner, I, I expect that. So let's just go ahead and build a bronze statue of his Buzz Lightyear-looking ass right out in front of the big house right now because that dude, I mean, I'm, I feel so much better about the offensive line just knowing that he's there and what he's been able to do and what he's getting out of these kids. What a granite chin. 
And you, you touched on improvement for Ryan Hayes. Outside of him, who are the most improved players offensively and defensively for you in this game? Um, on offense, I, I mean, I was very high on Sean McHugh and I was hearing in camp that he was going to really turn the corner, but then he had, you know, he had the touchdown where he looked great and then he had a drop later on. So we'll say uh jury's still out on him. Ryan Hayes makes a lot of sense being as how I haven't seen him at all. And he came in and did that. Um, but I will go, let's go ahead and go with Tariq Black. Um, you know, he, he came out of the gates hot, but to come back like that, and he looks like he's going to be, you know, a big part of this offense. Now we'll see what happens when Donovan Peoples Jones comes back, but that just gives you another speedy option across the middle. Tariq Black's a little faster than I thought he was. And if he's healthy and confident in his breaks, he's such a well-rounded receiver that I think that, and this is just a loaded, loaded team at wide receiver, especially when DPJ comes back. I'm with you. I'm going with Tariq Black. I, toyed around the notion of a couple others but outside of ryan hayes it's really hard to go with anybody else i mean just to see him come back from where he's been setback after setback to being written off to third on the depth chart to there's not enough balls to go around for him to come back and have a game like this especially early on uh now Tariq, we got to get those cramps you know under control so a little more water try some of that electrolytes are your friend but it felt so good to see him score Absolutely. Hydration is key, too. It's really one of the only few things I believe in that and everyone Wang Chung tonight. Yeah, um, we, we have very simple philosophies here. Simple but important. Simple yet effective and important. Uh, yes, yeah, super great seeing him back. I'm such a Tariq Black fan, so that, that was awesome. And he just brings a ton to this offense. And, um, you know, we'll see if there's enough balls to go around. But, yeah, no, I, I agree with you on that one. And on defense, the most improved for me, there's a couple candidates on defense. We already touched on Vincent Gray, so I won't go there. So I'll go Brad Hawkins, who was really around the ball a lot. Uh, Metellus was as advertised, so I won't say improved. But Hawkins getting the start, A, and then B, performing very, very well. Um, and they like him at nickel, too, meaning they think he's one of their stickiest cover guys. So Brad Hawkins could be a real player for this team. I was very impressed by him. Brad Hawkins was good last season, except for about two plays a game. He was always good for one or two bonehead plays to give up a big catch, a big play, and then he'd just rebound and play great. But now hes it seems like he's eliminated those bonehead plays, and he's just a lockdown player in the secondary. Yeah, I'm excited by him, and uh, wasn't really a guy you and I were focused on. If we were going to pick a guy in the secondary, especially at safety, I think we were both saying Jameric Woods or Dax Hill. Um, but if Brad Hawkins is going to play like that and he's going to be that lights out, expect to see a lot of him this year and just depth at secondary all of a sudden, a position that I was really concerned with, uh, starting to feel a lot better about. Uh, so what about you? Defensively, for me, it was easily Jordan Glasgow. Like, I just could not believe how good he was. Getting the start at linebacker next to Ross and with Hudson, one, talk about the speed at that position, and two, just how aggressive he was everywhere all over the field. He looked like our best linebacker in this game. Yeah, he really did. Josh Ross started to come on as that game went along. And and Josh Ross reminds me kind of of David Harris or his brother. Um, guys that are like just very exceptional linebackers, but not necessarily the fastest guys. Glasgow might be a step faster than Ross, which is crazy. Um, so yeah, speed at the position, you're absolutely right. Uh, just the way he keeps his head up and the way he tackles, form tackling. I mean, just you can tell he's been doing it his whole life. He's going to be an asset for this team. So that's a great pick. I like that. 
Um, last quick hit here before we go into our breakdown. Uh, what are some concerns that were raised with this game or maybe some concerns that you had before the game that are now alleviated? I'll give you a couple just really quick. Concerns alleviated uh, innovation of the offense. We saw that Shea Patterson attempted 25 passes in the first half. That's how many he averaged per game last year. Saw a lot more RPOs, no 22 personnel almost ever. It was strictly 11 and 12, which was just fantastic to see. Um, Charbonnet, that was a concern at running back, and that's gone. As long as he stays healthy, I feel really good about the running back position. Also feel really good about the secondary. Those concerns are completely gone. Concerns I do have now, though, having seen one game, a consistent pass rush and consistently running the football. I get it. You know, it's this game kind of going through the motions. It's like a joint practice for the most part. You don't want to show too much on film. But if I had to pick anything out of this to just keep my eye on moving forward, it's the consistent pass rush and consistently rushing the football. Love it. Yeah, you pretty much touched on everything there. Concerns alleviated the running back room. Uh, I feel completely at, at peace with that running back room. Even if you lose a guy, I like everyone else in the running back room too. So I'm fine there. Um, concerns raised, that's going to be probably defensive tackle, interior defensive tackle. Now we should get Donovan Jeter back next week. Ben Mason played pretty well, but pretty well against Middle Tennessee State might not translate well to you know Wisconsin or Notre Dame. So we need some guys that can actually go in and beat some future NFL, you know, guards and centers here. And uh, we don't have a guy, obviously, like Maurice Hurst or even like a Ryan Glasgow. Uh, but if Donovan Jeter can, can come in and just hold serve there and uh, him next to Carlo Kemp until Duomfor gets healthy, I think Duomfor can actually rush, rush the passer a little bit from the interior. But yeah, I'll say uh, d defensive tackles is kind of a concern that's raised now, especially since my concerns in the secondary are all but gone. You just need, just need a little more beef up front. Ben Mason and Carlo Kent, both a little undersized for tackle. You need the Willie Henry body type, somebody that's just going to be up there to clog up space and make life hell for centers and guards. Yeah, yeah, we could really use that. I mean, you'd like a Maurice Hurst every year, but you don't, they don't really come around that often, so... We'll make do, and Dwumfor, I think, can be really, really good. I mean, he had a sack in this game. He just let the guy go. I mean, but he's playing with a cast on his hand. And, yeah, like I said, Jeter's back next week, and you kind of hope for some development of Hinton and, and Mozzie Smith throughout the season, uh, which I'm sure will happen, I mean, to some degree. Whether or not we want to burn their red shirt, you know, that remains to be seen. They still get four games, though. They do get four games, and I think we only saw Chris Hinton in that one. So we'll see how it goes. It the worst part of the first game is trying to keep up with all the new numbers. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. I was trying to like, I was pulling up depth charts and I was like, who in God's name is wearing four at defensive end. But it was Mike Dana. It's like Devin Gill as well. It's like, why'd you change numbers? Yeah. 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 Vincent Gray is going to need to move out of 31. That's not the number of a cornerback. I don't know. I kind of like it. <laughs> he does look, I mean, it's kind of badass, and I'm a big <laughs> That and the long the long sleeves underneath it too for no reason in like late August. Like, let's go. Yeah, it was 85 degrees on the field. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're, uh, we're going to take a quick break here, but we come back. We're going to look ahead to the Army game and kind of talk about what we saw, what we saw from Army and how that's going to look as we move throughout this season. We will be back, though, right after this. Step into the world of power, loyalty 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. Welcome back to Out of the Blue. We are going to continue breaking down Army here. Uh, a team that really I can't root against definitely root for them when it comes to war but uh, this week I'm not a fan so last time Michigan faced a triple option it was 29-13 against Air Force in 2017 this is a much different army team and a potentially dangerous army team so let's get into this my friend where do you want to start let's just start with how difficult it is to defend a triple option it's going to take a lot a lot of defensive end discipline reading the ball a lot of secondary awareness not falling asleep because this team likes to pound the ball over and over again, led by Kelvin Hopkins Jr., and then they're going to throw a strike, and that's how they get you. Yes, so Don Brown said the other day that they've been practicing for like the last three weeks, spending like an entire day on, on Army each week. So this is something that gives him nightmares. It gives you know all the guys on defense nightmares because one missed assignment, yeah, a guy can go for you. Uh, the secondary is going to be asked to come up and make a lot of tackles. So I feel a little bit better having watched last week and saw what we have there. Um, but yeah, the defensive ends are going to need to be very disciplined. We're going to need a big game from the defensive line as a whole. And uh, I mean, look at Army, this Army team versus Oklahoma last year. Uh, Oklahoma won it in, in OT, but they ran Oklahoma ran 19 plays in the second half of the game because Army just controls the clock. That's what they want to do. Um, similar to what Michigan wanted to do in the last couple of years under Harbaugh, only they're doing it with this triple option attack, which is just very difficult to defend. So uh, it, it's going to be very interesting, and we don't want to allow them to play their type of game with us. Um, and now with our quick strike offense, this is just a very unique matchup. This is a very unique matchup. And with that offense, Michigan can't afford to have three and outs. Because Army puts together eight, nine, ten, almost eleven-minute drives at times, almost the entire quarter against Oklahoma last year, they had two plus ten-minute drives in the second half, like outpossessed them almost forty-five to fifteen, and just three quarters to one. So Michigan can't afford to give them the ball over and over again. They have to make their drives count. If they're quick strike, they have to be striking and they have to be getting touchdowns. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you're if you're going to strike quick, I mean, that's fine and go up 21 nothing and then you can kind of ease into the running game um, or you can go with a more balanced look here, which I think they might want to do or you might want to favor in this. Let Zach Charbonnet get involved in this thing early. Don't just go for the, you know, the quick strikes, nothing but passes in the first half, because um, while Shea Patterson is extremely accurate, like you said, if you start getting into three and outs with this team and they're able to sustain drives. I mean, you're going to wear down your defense really, really quickly. And uh, that is not 
you know, the focus. That's never been what Jim Harbaugh wants. He wants the exact opposite. He wants to control the clock and wear down your defense. So, um, yeah, that's a good point about that. Um, you know, they, they also, they'll go for it on fourth down a lot. I think you mentioned that too. So, I mean, once they get past the 50, that's another thing we got to be on the lookout for. So we're going to be very, need to be very disciplined in this one. Very disciplined because they have a terrible punting situation, a terrible field goal kick, kicking situation. So they like to get really down to like the third and twos. If they go under third and five and they're beyond their own 40, I expect them to go for it every time. They like to gamble and they normally convert on those. They led the nation last year in fourth down conversions. I'm almost certain of it off the top of my head. But I think a big key for Michigan, as you touched on it, was with the balance. Um, Army replaced five of seven starters in their defensive front seven. And against Rice last week, Rice, who was 2-11 and 11 last year in Conference USA, had their running back, Nashawn Ellerby, go for nine carries for 103 and a touchdown. It's over 11 yards a carry. You can kind of pound them up the middle. And I think we need to see a big dose of Charbonnet, maybe even Van Simmeren, Christian Turner, all those guys getting the ball, just attacking them and wearing them down. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I love the speed and space mantra, but I mean, it's also just about winning. And I think the best way to attack this team is going to be on the ground to open up the pass. So yeah, I would love to see a lot of Charbonnet. This is a game, I mean, especially with what we saw out of him last week. I mean, you can get big plays with him. Look at what uh, Clemson did. Uh, Trevor Lawrence was having a bit of an off day, you know, throwing the ball. So they rode Travis Etienne, even the best teams, you know, they need to be able to adapt to their opponent and to what's working that day. And I could see this being a day where Charbonnet is the guy you want to go to. Now, granted, maybe we get DPJ back next week, and maybe they see some things in the secondary where they want to throw it a little bit more. Uh, but I also would not, you know, completely abandon the running game here, um, especially early on, you know, set the tempo and uh, start to wear down their defense a little bit. And Army, they field a pretty good defense this year. Um, they, they had one last year. They were replacing a lot of, a lot of guys, um, but expect them to be at least competent on defense. Yeah, at least competent on defense, and offensively, they, they lost their center from last season, but Kelvin Hopkins Jr. is one of the best triple option quarterbacks of all time. He's up there with like the Ricky Dobbses of the world, former quarterback at Navy. He became the first player in Army history to throw for 1,000 and rush for 1,000 last season. It, the offense begins and ends with him. He's the one that's going to make the plays and do everything they need of him to win this game. So if Michigan can hone in on him avoid the cut blocks of a triple option team which can wreak havoc they could be very deadly again on their knees and michigan takes advantage and they just have too much athleticism too much power inside i definitely expect a big game from Kalik hudson here yeah i was just gonna bring up Kalik hudson he'll need a bit of a bounce back game not that he had a bad game against middle tennessee just uh, was getting washed out a little bit more than you'd like to see and uh, wasn't getting off blocks that well but uh, this week that'll be critical um, you know, he's going to be a guy that you really keep his eye on Kelvin Hopkins and can neutralize him. He's got the speed, the strength to, you know, to take on running backs, blockers and uh, disengage and get after Hopkins. So, yeah, big Kalik Hudson game. Glasgow will be another guy. Josh Ross, all the linebackers, uh, defensive ends need to stay disciplined. Something that Rashawn Gary was exceptional at. So was Chase Winovich underrated, um, you know, aspect of their game. So we're going to be asking the same out of Quiddy Pay and and Hutch and Dana, those guys. So, yeah, I agree with you there. And, uh, yeah, an offense, just, you know, whatever's working, um, you know, there's going to be different ways to attack this team. Just, you know, I, I trust in this offense. Maybe don't get cute with the, the two quarterback stuff until you have a lead. 
But, uh, but other than that, you know, I think as an offense, we're just going to need to see them keep growing and, uh, you know, let Gaddis keep growing as a play caller, let Shea keep growing within the system. Um, if McCaffrey needs to get in there, I'm, I'm all for that. That's totally fine. But, uh, yeah, that being said, you got any predictions for this one? I mean, we already made our uh, off-season predictions, but might want to alter them a little bit. Yeah, in the off-season, we both – I had Michigan winning a little bigger than you, but we gave Army some credit with points. I had my prediction as 41-28. Um, uh, after only putting up seven points against Rice, I'm feeling <laughs> – Yeah. I'm not feeling confident in that pick, so I'm going to say Michigan wins it 30-13. to yeah, I'm going to change mine a little bit as well. I went 35-28. Um, I was thinking it was going to be a really close game. This was offseason after the last thing we saw Army do was hang 70 in their bowl game. So things have changed. Uh, Rice is not a very good team, and they struggled to put up points against them. Now they could have just been looking ahead to Michigan. Uh, but like I said, Rice is terrible. Um, I didn't know it was even really a school until Sam McGuffey transferred there. So I'm going to go with, uh, let's go 33, let's go 33 to 10. It seems safe to say that. I just feel confident in Michigan being able to score and move the football. I think Army's going to have their moments. They're just too good of a team not to. And much like Middle Tennessee State, they're well coached. They rarely shoot themselves in the foot. Yeah, I mean, they're going to they're gonna keep it close for a while. But uh, the talent difference here and the fact that it's at home, um, you know, it, they're not going to have anybody in their secondary that can run with future NFL receivers, Nico Collins and Tariq Black. I mean, that's asking a lot of them. And then uh, just Charbonnet, Shea Patterson, there's just too much juice on offense. Plus, we should get Runyon back. So I'm, I'm expecting this to be a little bit more well-oiled of a machine on offense, probably a better performance on offense than we saw last week, all in all, um, against a better team. Army is a better team than Middle Tennessee State. What is the worst case scenario for Michigan here? How does Army win this game? Uh, just like you were saying earlier, it's by winning that uh, that possession game and us going three and out on some crucial drives and allowing them, you know, if, even if they're just hanging around, but they're controlling the clock, I think that's that's concerning because our defense, I mean, we're not quite as deep as we thought we were on the defensive line. And if we're having to rotate in a bunch of guys because they're really tired and Army's running nine, 10, 11 minute drives, I think that's a problem. That's what they want to do. So, uh, yeah, we just got to avoid three and outs, I think, or even just quick drives, you know, even six and outs. Yeah, absolutely. We can't have the Ronnie Bell, Sean McEwen drops across the middle of the field that are just drive killers because that's going to suck the wind out of the stadium and out of the team. Yeah, most definitely. Um, could be a great game for Giles Jackson or maybe somebody in special teams to do something. He looked really good last week. I think he's going to run one back this year, just stronger than you'd imagine. Yeah, for a little guy, he is really hard to bring down. And while we're talking about special teams, Will Hart putting two inside the five. Yes, Will Hart, man. Don't don't take him for granted. He's one of our most important players on this team. Just the model of consistency at that position. Um, and field position is huge and could be a big, big, big factor in this one, especially since they don't really do chunk plays. Um, you know, their their drives, like you said, are 10 minute drives. So they're 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 ripping off, you know, four or five yard plays rather than, you know, big 35 yard plays like that. So, yeah, uh, field position is going to be big in this one. And Will Hart will be a big factor there. It's really hard to run an effective option offense when you're in your own end zone. Yes, it really is. If we can just pin our ears back and we've got guys that can definitely rush, 
Um, very excited to see Donovan Jeter coming back next week. I mean, hopefully he can add something as far as getting some penetration up the middle. Um, but yeah, if you're backed up against your own goal line, I mean, that's a, not the offense you really need to be watching because you need to pitch it backwards for a lot of that. You know, you don't want to yeah. be pitching backwards into your own end zone. Players of the game, who you got? Uh, so for this one, I'm going to go Khalid Hudson. I mean, that's my boy. He was the only one of my boys that didn't really have um, a big game last week. So I'm going to say he bounces back. They're going to ask a lot um, of him in this game. And, uh, you know, he's going to be right in the thick of it. And on offense, I mean, Zach Charbonnet, man. I'm such a fan of that kid. One nickname doesn't even seem like enough. Like, I'm already ready to, to start building some shrines. I mean, they don't have to be anything, like, permanent. I'm not saying he needs a gold statue, but balsa wood, driftwood, maybe some elm. I'm definitely a fan of oak myself, so that's I think that'd be really wood. good. Yeah, that's a fine wood. So, yeah, I'll go Hudson and Charbonnet, the 33-10 to 10 victory. Who you got for your players of the game? I have Jordan Glasgow on defense. He was just all over the place. I think he's going to do the same in this game. And I thought he outplayed Kalik Hudson in the Middle Tennessee State game and at times last season. So I expect him to continue to flash. Offensively, I'm going with Shea Patterson. He was, uh, according to Pro Football Focus, the Big Ten quarterback of the week. But he had some ball security issues, not good chemistry with some of the younger guys, just failed some handoffs, was being really careless with the ball at times, missed some throws. But still, a good game from him. So I expect him to really bounce back, maybe take one off a read option around the end for like 70 yards. And like I said, Michigan gets it done 30-13. to 13. I love it. Yeah, I could uh, I could definitely see him running one in in this game. And uh, for our predictions last week, uh, I predicted the first pass play would be to Nick Eubanks. I did get that. Uh, I think you predicted it would be a touchdown to Nico Collins, though. Yeah, I mean. Which did happen. It did happen. I mean, I wasn't wrong like We're in the wrong. whole game, but you know, it's like, why not start the season off with a go route? Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for this game because there's really a lot you can do on offense. And I think that just speaks to what the ceiling is with this new offense is that, I mean, there's a lot of ways we could get this victory here. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how they go about it. I mean, maybe they just want to ride Charbonnet and, and Christian Turner and, and bleed the clock and get out of there with the win. Or maybe they want to get Shea Patterson more involved and more familiar with this offense. And they're just, they're tossing it all over the place where it's a combination. So there's a lot of ways to get it done. Uh, just go get it done. I don't even care anymore. <laughs> get it done. And defensively, we're going to learn a lot about this younger, a little more inexperienced group, whether or not they're disciplined enough to handle this attack. I mean, this is the... This is a great test early in the season to see where our defense is at mentally. And we're going to learn a lot about offense, learn a lot about defense. And like you said, man, just get it done. You win every game on your schedule by one point and you're in a Power 5 conference, guess what? You're in the college football playoff. Doesn't matter how it looks. Doesn't matter how ugly it is. So, yeah, let's just find a way to get it done, boys. And, uh, yeah, I mean, let's get some valuable reps for the young guys and let's just keep building towards uh, the team's ultimate goal. So, I'm excited. I will be in class for this one, so I won't even be able to watch it till after it's done. But, uh, you know, I will get caught up accordingly, and uh, we'll have our, our always interesting and sometimes really warm takes post-game. <laughs> of course we will. I have one more question for you, sir. Hit me. Which Big Ten team impressed you the most, not Michigan? Uh, Wisconsin looked really good. Uh, I mean, I think they made a bit of a statement with 49 to nothing win. I mean, people were looking at Nebraska to kind of take the big 10 West this year. You and I didn't buy that at all. Um, so I feel pretty good about that pick. I think Wisconsin's still the team to beat over there. Ohio state. You, you got what you expected. Uh, Purdue, man, 
not not great, but I mean, some of those lower tier teams can lose to those non Power Five conferences. That happens. Um, but special uh, mention to Illinois with our boy Brandon Peters, really looking comfortable there, getting another chance. I mean, he's going to get a shot there at Illinois to actually, you know, to hold down that position and put up some numbers. So good for him. We're still going to beat him by thirty. <laughs> yeah, it felt great to see. And uh, one more team you have mentioned it was the I hate hate how just amazingly dominant Michigan State's run defense was. They held Tulsa to negative 72 rushing yards. Tulsa's leading rusher had six carries for zero yards. <laughs> That's not much of a lead, but uh, let's also remember we held them to 94 yards, so... Oh, that's what I was setting you up for, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, but uh, their defense is going to be a problem, no doubt about it. Uh, Ohio State, Michigan State, Wisconsin, we've got them all. Penn State hung 79. So, like, our schedule, if you're just going off what we saw yesterday, uh, and we see Iowa, we see Illinois, too, and we got a gauntlet ahead of us. So let's Yeah, Maryland it. also in the 70s. Yeah, Maryland threw up. I mean, so we're going to go up against some teams this year, and any one of them could get us on any given night, so. We're gonna have to uh, we're gonna have to improve upon Middle Tennessee, and that starts this week with Army. Best conference in football, baby. Let's go. Let's do it, baby. All right, that's gonna do it for us. Uh, I am Jared. Make sure you follow us. I am at O Blue eighty seven, and he is at Andy underscore Bailey one on Twitter. Uh, follow Mason Brew on Twitter at Mason Brew. Make sure you like us on Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. Like, share, subscribe, leave a review for all your shows and content where you get your podcast by searching Maze and Brew Podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, etc., etc., etc. We will be back tomorrow with a brand new episode of Closing Time hosted by our fearless leader, Anthony Broom. I'm Jared. That's Andy. This is Out of the Blue reminding you that wherever you go, go blue. <laughs>